0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors at First Family. I'm glad to have you on this episode of the Extra Point Podcast. In case you aren't aware, maybe you're a new listener just tuning in, the Extra Point Podcast is designed to help us gain some further insight, uh, additional observations from the text that was that was preached last week at First Family. And, of course, uh, last week we finished up our Um, series through the book of Ephesians by looking at chapter 6, verses 21 to 24. One of the keys being that it is a very personal, even communal type of familial uh, set of verses that describes Paul's uh, heart for those people. It's very relational. And that was one of our key words, was the idea of relationships And I made this point in the message that spiritual relationships, they exist in degrees. Now, I think that probably in that moment, some, at least inwardly, probably challenged that or maybe didn't like the way it sounded. Uh, I brought out from the text that really the text kind of flows that way. This isn't the main point of the text, but it is an observation. The text does flow from uh, Tychicus as an individual— And then beginning in verse 23, he goes to the brothers, which is a group, and then in verse 24, he says the word all, referring to the church, and probably there meaning uh, the universal church, at least from what they knew, all Christians. And so you see like this progression in Paul's heart and mind regarding relationships. He had one with an individual, he had one with a group, and he had one with the church. And so we, we ask you to think about it in terms of concentric circles, that there is a a core set of relationships that every person has. They spend a lot of time with them. Um, That's the ones they are closest to. Then there's the next circle of relationships. We could call it a circle of influence or a sphere of influence, maybe groups that you're attached to or a group you're in. You know them. You're friends with them. You don't know them real well like you would those in the inner circle. And then there's that outer circle, which we would say represented in the text by the word all or the church, whether it's the universal church or your church. And those are the ones that perhaps you may not even know them in one sense, but you are a part of something they're part of, which is the church. And so it's hard sometimes to just simply admit or to get our hands around that this is how life is lived, that we do live in a, a world where where relationships, and I'll use the phrase I did on Sunday, where spiritual relationships exist in degrees. And we just affirmed even Sunday that there is no human who has the capacity to have one big circle with everyone on the same level of relationship. And so sometimes we fight against this in church, which in my opinion is one reason there are small churches, because people want to know everyone at the same level, And they're not comfortable living with uh, relationships in degrees, and so churches of that mindset typically stay stay small because everyone wants to know everyone really well. That's an admirable goal, but it's not a goal that works if you want to um, expand your outreach or impact more than just a few people. Now, I mentioned in Sunday's message that, of course, Christ did live with this knowledge and reality. This is how the disciples were structured— There were twelve. Within the twelve, there were uh, four groups of three. And then, of course, within those four groups, there was a group of three with whom he spent most of his time. They were the ones who were at the Mount of Transfiguration. They were probably the ones who were in the uh, garden, Peter, James, and John. And so we have to sometimes just be willing to challenge maybe things that we think are true or things that we think are best— with the reality, and in this case, it is this, that spiritual relationships do exist in degrees. Now, I want to bring some further insight into this by sharing what some studies have shown, and I I want to apologize up front. I don't have the name of the study here in front of me. I was searching for it, couldn't grab it at the time. Um, But there's some um, sociological work done, and it's in print, that describes these very types of relationships. They would go at it from the angle of of social relationships and how people uh, relate to various groups. Um, The principle holds true in both, whether you're talking social relationships or spiritual relationships, what has been discovered uh, about uh, human beings is that within that inner circle, what I would say the individuals that we are close to and know very well, uh, that's who we look to for support. So just keep that word in mind, support as you get to the next circle, which would be that of groups or a group, that's where you look for purpose. And so often you team up with people or a person, uh, you form a group, you're in a group, and you get something done. And then that outer circle, which would be all, or maybe folks that you don't know, but you're part of a, uh, a larger constituency, that's where we often look to in regards to a cause. And so these three words have helped me in thinking through this this idea of existing um, comfortably in relationships that have degrees. That there is a group that will help me with support. There is a group that will help me with purpose. And there's a group that will help me with a cause. Now, let's think about that in terms of our spiritual relationships. And let's think about it in terms of the church and how even how we're made, let's say, sociologically— um, and how we're made spiritually; these really do combine nicely. Um, that there are individuals from which we draw support, and um, in our church, we would say that would be your your close friends, and probably most of them are going to be in your small group. That group of eight to ten—that's where most of our support comes from within First Family Church. We would say often that your initial level of shepherding occurs there. It's not your only shepherding. Um, the elders bring much pastoral shepherding and care, theology and doctrine into those relationships. Um, but at that level of support, whether it's births, uh, deaths, um, you know, sickness, illness, where there's need for food and and even counseling and support in some areas, um, you know, there's some there's some play here and some give and take. We have really found that uh, that that initial inner circle of your close friends where you meet weekly and even more than that sometimes where men meet on a morning and women another morning and maybe you meet as a group one evening and there's different ways to do it. But that initial close circle of friends is where you draw support. And we found it to work very effectively. I don't think it's a new idea. Uh, Small groups um, obviously have been tested and tried and proven. And there's different ways to implement small groups. But that's really what that inner circle is referring to. That small group from which you can draw support and from which you can then give support when others need it. Then there's this idea of this group, maybe it's a larger group, you know, uh, 15 to 20, 20 to 30 or 40 or perhaps maybe more than that, in which you find purpose. And I, I find that so true in the church where, um, you know, there's a large group like the youth ministry. There may be, you know, 100 teenagers and, you know, 20 to 30 workers who Uh, Work in the youth ministry. So, you got 100 to 130 people who make up a group, and they have a purpose, and that is to uh, reach and disciple uh, sixth to 12th graders, to reach into our schools, to help our parents, to help families. Maybe it'd be our children's ministry, you know, birth to fifth grade. Maybe it's a a campus uh, ministry that we've just started here at First Family, the campus collective. Maybe it's that group targeted at really impacting DMAC. It could be a number of things that occur within a a a larger group. But there are groups that meet, and they really attach themselves to purpose. And though you don't know everyone in the group, perhaps you know them somewhat, but you don't know them real well, you find that you get along with them and are unified with them because there is a common purpose. But then you think about even outside that, this outside circle. Let's just take it within the the realm of first family. You know, uh, the hundreds of folks that go here, not everyone knows everyone. Um, Not everyone knows everyone's name, and instead of uh, impugning that or demeaning that, we should realize that really, though we're not all close, we are all connected to a common cause, and that is the cause of Christ, the Great Commission, the cause of getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so as we give together, as we serve together, though I may not know everyone, though I don't know in the first service who comes in the second or third service— Um, though maybe perhaps the fifth grader doesn't know the 82-year-old, we are glad to be in a a common church with a common cause that God has given us, and that is to get the gospel to those who've not yet heard it. And so I, I think it's very helpful to think about those three words, support, purpose, and cause, in relation to these three circles that not only describe uh, the reality of our human existence, but actually they, I think, in some ways are kind of alluded to and pointed at in the closing verses of Ephesians. When Paul moves from an individual, Tychicus, a very close friend of his, he calls him a beloved, a faithful friend and messenger and minister. Then he moves to this group called the brothers, which were those who traveled with him and helped him in different cities. And then he moves to this idea of this of the universal church or even that local regional church all paul was aware this is how relationships are structured they exist in degrees and that's not negative it's actually positive we can though not close in all of those we are connected to all of those and since we are connected uh either for support or for purpose or for cause we can rejoice Uh, in the way God has structured things. And we can be thankful that we don't have to have the capacity or bandwidth to be close to everyone. We just have to have the faith that in this common family, in which we have those that we work with for a purpose and then those that we are close to for support, God will use every one of those circles within this arena for His glory and our good. I'm so thankful for the way God has structured not only us as individuals, but also his church. I trust this has been helpful to you, and I have thoroughly enjoyed teaching through Ephesians with our other pastors, and I trust it's benefited you. We were there, I think, for most of the year. We'll move to 1 Peter beginning next year, so I hope you'll join us. And again, of course, each Tuesday, we'll bring to you another episode of the Extra Point Podcast.